Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. To my partner, happy, happy Sunday morning. Kevin Michael, Whitey Gleason, and Kyle Madsen with you. Kyle Madsen, fresh off a spectacular week, filling in for dibs on, uh, well, to me, it was Madsen and Willard. Nice job. Wow, thank well you. Done. You're giving me number one on the marquee. Yeah, absolutely. This is great. You earned this it. This is a great day for me. But I want to apologize to you because last week, and this was off the air, last week, Kyle, and he's wearing his ace cap today and an ace sweatshirt, yeah. he was kind of down in the dauber because of the Sean Mania trade. Mm-hmm. And I tried, because he's my friend, I tried to make him feel better. And I think I went overboard and ultimately may have made him feel worse. I said, you know what? Don't worry about it. The A's are going to, they're going to start 18 and one. Well, it didn't make me feel worse because I didn't believe you, but go on. Okay, but I just now it's like, well, you know, two games in, that's that's off the board already. So it's you done. Know, I They're probably should have, you know, come in with something maybe a little more realistic. No, it's Sorry. fine. I, I told you if they went 18 and one, I would eat an A's hat. <laughs> and uh, they're not going to after they're two, not. like not even, not didn't even pretend. Like there wasn't a, there hasn't been an inkling through the first two games where it's like, eh, maybe the, eh. No, no chance. What about they that, stink, that dude? That, that uh, spirited comeback. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Okay. All the, right. pro- the problem is, <laughs> the problem was, and I don't want to dive super deep into into game one of of the A season, but the problem with that is it was you know five nothing, and oh they make it five, they make it five four, it's four nothing, and they made it four one, and then five mm-hmm. one, and oh it's five four now. It's like they don't have anyone in the bullpen that's gonna keep the <laughs> Phillies at five. <laughs> well, does this make you feel any better? I was uh, a couple no. nights ago. I'm walking down the street. I'm walking Moby, and I go by my neighbor's house. My neighbor, his name is Curtis. He's a big Yankee fan. He has a dog named literally Andy Pettit. And so we're 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 talking about the Yankees and everything. You know, I told him I'm not really a you know you either love the Yankees or you hate them. <laughs> I'm not really a Yankee fan. But we we're talking about the A's, and I said, boy, they traded everybody. He said it doesn't matter. The A's are they're always going to be there at the end. So this is my neighbor Curtis. Doesn't that lift your spirits? No. Curtis doesn't know what he's talking about. They're always going to be there at the end. No, they're not. They're not. Like every... That, I thought the same thing, but he's a nice guy, and I didn't want to say that. Yeah, they've, they, they, they've been to the playoffs roughly like half the years since 2000, and the years in between that is not like, oh, they're right there, they're in contention. Like, no, they just stink when they're not. Yeah. So anyways. I think what he meant probably was, you know, as a Yankee fan, it's like sometimes you... Uh, he's probably in the past said the A's, and then next thing you know, you know, wow, here we are, September, and the A's are still in it. I just don't – probably not going to be one of those years this year. No, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> That's all right. Isn't it great, seriously, to have baseball back? It is. It's just it, – it, it's, it's, it's just on. It's there. I love listening to baseball. But I, I actually prefer listening to watching it. But with MLB TV and with – various apps that you can listen to to baseball on your phone i can have a baseball game on the phone and a different game on tv Mm. and the pace of the sport is such that you can follow both very easily my wife made this point yesterday and i made this point friday when i was on 
with JD. He and I were lucky enough to fill in for Damon and Ratto. And I've noticed this for decades, uh, Kyle, watching basketball. Now I'm a big basketball guy. You watch you basketball, you know, throughout the winter and the spring. It's like basketball and the playoffs are coming. Boom, boom. And then baseball's on. And I'm from a baseball family. I love baseball. But every year it's a little bit of a, oh, yeah, okay, we got we to gear down a little bit for the pace of the game. Yeah, but I'm fine with that. I Yeah, I, I know. It's just a, it is a little bit of a, an adjustment. Like yesterday, I think yesterday, the Giants game yesterday, to me, kind of spoke to one of the conundrums baseball faces. Two to one, relatively quick game, although it was still like 257. So baseball wants to have quicker games, but nowadays to have a quicker game like that, and it still was not especially quick compared to the old days. But my point is nothing happened. So how do you balance those two things? We want action. We want, we want stuff going on, but we don't want people to be at the park, park all day. Uh, it's tough to have one without the other. Yeah, I don't I don't know if there's a... <laughs> and I know you're a baseball fan and you don't care about that, but you know baseball's trying to appeal to people that don't care about the game as much as you and I do. Yeah, and, and games like that, I mean, 10 hits, three runs yesterday in, in the Giants-Marlins game. Like you said, not a, not a ton going on. Uh, <laughs> uh, Carlos Rodon was very good. In, in his five innings, he strikes out 12 guys. So that plays into it a little bit. Yeah. But I, I think I think when it comes to time of game, I mean, 28 strikeouts between the two teams, first of all, is, is a lot. Um, but I think when it comes to game times, at some point, like a pitch clock is going to need to be implemented. And I think if they really want to speed the pace of the game up, they're going to have to cut that pitch clock down. Uh, significantly over time because I think right now what they're doing in the minors is it's like, what is it, 30 seconds or something? When you do like four seconds yeah, from the like, time the pitch well, that, is called, so then, then the catcher's got to get it back as quickly as he can. Well, when <laughs> when you watch like like old footage will surface of like Walter Johnson pitching you know, back in, in the early 20th century, and it is like he Big throws train, it. baby. Yeah. He throws it. He gets the ball back. He gets up, and he fires it again. And I think there's something there's something to the fact that his pitching motion was such it was like sidearm and he wasn't using a lot of legs. It was less exhaust less exhausting on the body. Now these guys are throwing so hard and the mechanics are such that you take a lot of energy to throw a pitch. Yeah. And then you need to get back you need to kind of let that refuel for a second before you get back up and do it again. So I think we're never going to get to where like the the game where Ted Williams got to 406. You know, he could have sat out and batted over 400, but he wanted to play. Second game of a doubleheader, right? Yeah, second game of a doubleheader, yeah. I believe, against the A's. And the final score was like 13-11. to 11. The, the game took like an hour and 40 minutes. We'll never get there. Nope. We are never getting – but like you said, what can you do? A 2-1 game should not take three hours or close to three hours. I think part of it, too, that's a great example you raised. The old days, Walter Johnson pitching before the live ball. I think so. Back then, if you're the pitcher and you're basically throwing an old, really dirty a sock. sock. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> all right, if I miss my spot and the guy squares it up, oh, he might, he might hit it over the first baseman's head. What? <laughs> I don't have to worry about it that much. Do you know what? Well, <laughs> just real quick, just speaking of the dead ball era and how much the harder train? it was yeah. to, uh-huh. to score runs. Walter Johnson, if you take out his age 38 and age 39 seasons, had a career ERA of 2.04. Sure, yeah. In 19 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So you see why you see why in that respect, in terms of the run scored, because Walter Johnson pitched, like I said, 1907 was his rookie year. He pitched through the the late 20s. So when you when you look at the runs scored, you see like, oh, okay, no wonder games didn't take as long. But now 
There's guys stepping out and getting signs and adjusting batting gloves. And you got pitchers grabbing rosin bags and they're taking a deep breath and they're stepping on, they're stepping off. It's, there's just, there's so much time between things. I think a little bit is the style of play. Like we said, 28 strikeouts in the Giants Marlins game yesterday. That's a ton of strikeouts. How big of a factor is this? And I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's okay. I, I did. You, Sorry. you like literally. Yeah. Meant you go ahead and finish it. your thought. And I know. I was just going to say it's a little bit the style of game, but also there's some things that they can cut out. But I don't know if changing this. I don't know if you can change alter the game enough to, to whittle the time way back down. And I also am not sure how big of an issue it is because like that game yesterday was an interesting game, right? Two to yes. one, not a lot happened, but it's a well pitched game. But how big of a factor do you think it is that um, you've got teams now up and down baseball? And the A's are one of the teams that started this tendency to just, you know, we're going to make them throw strikes. I know that's always been part of a, you know, a, a positive approach at the plate, but the A's took it to extremes in the money ball era. Now you've got more guys, and I think way back when, and I don't have the numbers to back this up, but I think guys are up there, you know, if he throws a first pitch fastball, I'm going to pull the trigger. And now yeah. you've got guys taking a lot more pitches. Yeah, taking pitches, swinging through pitches, not putting as many balls in play. So I think... I think there's there there are several things that are that are there are several culprits for this. The thing with the Giants though is every game they play is interesting. I can't remember the last time. I mean, I'm sure there there have been a bunch. It's 162 games, but I feel like every Giants game is fascinating, and I don't know exactly why, but like that that that. Opening day, like four two, and it's like oh they're cruising, like they they're fine, and they give up the four runs or they give up the three runs, and they you know mm-hmm. let the Marlins tie the game, and now all of a sudden they're in extras, and it's like oh man, I thought we were just gonna have a boring little four two finish here, no chance. Yesterday it's two one, but you cannot turn that game off because a it's a two one game, but that could have been five to one, and are you writing off the Giants putting across four in the ninth? Nope, not I'm this not. team, and I think that's it. I think that's why it seems like every game matters more. Going back to last year, I've never seen anything quite like that. I spent the whole year trying to figure out, all right, I know they're better than I thought they were, but how are they doing this? And so I, maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but to me each of these games matters because it, this seems like an extension of last year, and last year was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen, and it's a matter of I don't know what's going on here, but it's really unique, and I want to see how long they can keep it going. Yeah, there's there's an element to that for sure. And it's one of those, you know, I don't think they're going to win 107 again. But, it, right, no, yeah, no, I know, right that next By the way, Buster you were Posey's right. Not gonna About a year ago, you said Buster Posey's not hitting 390 all year. Yeah. Boom. Nailed it. Yep. Take it to the bank. Yeah. Cash me out one time. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I don't, I also Cha-ching! don't think, there it is. I want to know, I, I, and it's something that I don't have like a number. I can't put a number on it. I can't say 90 wins is the standard. If they go below 90, it's just, because that's not what it's going to be about. It's going to be like, how do they look? How are they playing? And so if they get to 90, 91, 92 wins, like I'm wondering at what point this season are we like, yes, success or dang, that was disappointing. And it's hard to look at this roster and – I think if you pick up this roster and drop it at the beginning of last year, we're going like, yeah, maybe 81 wins, maybe. Like, can they finish 500? That'd be good. That'd be, you know, above 500 be progress. But instead, because they won 107 last year, we're like, hey, Farhan's got this figured out. 
But like, I also should, think this team should win 100 games. I think Farhan made this point. I agree with it. This year's opening day roster is better than last year's opening day roster. Right, because we know, <laughs> because we know what guys like Darren Ruff and Austin Slater and Stephen Duggar and Tyro Estrada, we know that those guys are going to contribute. Wilmer Flores, we know that those guys are going to contribute. The the two big ones to me, when you talk specifically about the Giants and how many games they're going to win this year, can Brandon Crawford have another career year? I doubt it, but I'm I'm interested to see. Right, yeah, what kind of just, the math says, Kyle? There's no way, right? Yeah. Logic and reason say it's it cannot happen. Right, but the Giants kind of yep surpass logic and reason a little bit. I know, bit. But, I know. But Brandon Crawford just has regression written all over him. Yes, and that's not that's not a hating on Brandon Crawford. That's just that's just you look at his sample size, you look at what he did last year, and you go, well, he's not going to do that again. Right. Like that's ve- it's very hard to do that in your in your 30s is to have a career year and then be like, oh, yeah, hey, by the way, I'm having this second career where I'm just consistently awesome at the plate and also going to win gold gloves. So I think Brandon Crawford's going to regress a little bit. I think Brandon Belt is going to see a little bit of a regression. Can they pick up the slack there? And I think if they do, like I said, 107, <laughs> I don't want to take it off the table, but <laughs> you said, but I'm pushing not, it to the. You can't I'm pushing walk it, it back now. I'm walking it. No, I am. Uh, <laughs> just reset. We're not live. Three, two, and one. They might win 107 again. Wow. But I wouldn't bet on that. Huh. All and, right. and so I'm. I'm fascinated to see just as this season goes. Can the pitching staff stay healthy? And at what point is this team after one year? Are we already at the point where it's like, well, you got to win a playoff series now. Like that's the. That they've reached that step. Now they've got to get beyond that. Mm-hmm. Couple things. You mentioned you wouldn't bet on it. I would just say this. I know we're talking baseball, but today, the last day of the NBA season, don't bet on anything today in the NBA. This is one of those weird, weird yes. days. Who's playing? What are they playing for? Teams that have been tanking, maybe facing teams that are double tanking because of playoff seedings. Just avoid avoid betting on the NBA uh, today if you can. As far as the uh, the Giants go, to me, a successful baseball season I guess if you're a team like the Yankees or, well, the Dodgers now, then the bar's really high, and it's like, we got to get to the World Series. Other than that, the season's so freaking long, and it's there every day. To me, if you uh, are rooting for a team that's playing truly meaningful games in September, I think, boom, you've had a good year, right? I think that's right. Yeah, and and I think that applies to this Giants team, too, that still has, despite 107 wins, they still have that kind of plucky, gee, can they do it again vibe about them. Yeah, That's remarkable. They, it's it's kind of wild. Yeah. And I think part of it is it's hard to <laughs> baseball so regional that a baseball fan in Houston or in Pittsburgh or in Tampa Bay probably knows very little about the Giants. So what they do know, they're reading and you see, you know, Zips projections or steamer projections or whatever. What is it? Pakoda projections. Mm-hmm. And they're going like, oh, it's just not a very good team. Like last year was a fluke then. That's just but the those projections, those computer models don't take into account the way the Giants roster is set up and the way they're gonna use those players. Right, and the way they um maximize matchup advantages. Yeah. 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 They just don't somehow they haven't built that into like computer projections yet. Right. And so I think that that's part of why the Giants still seem like this eh, plucky little underdog there, even though they they, they beat the Dodgers last year in the NL West. That's nuts. I know. And it's still and, and and so it's still like I think their over under was like eighty five and a half or eighty six wins, and it's like okay, that's respectable, but you know probably not going to make the playoffs at eighty six wins. And you push for it, but like you said, playing meaningful games in September. But I think that's kind of part of it. Is there's just no you can look at the Phillies lineup. 
Dodgers lineup, the Phillies lineup is ridiculous. So Kyle Schwarber leading off, and then it just doesn't get any easier. Like It was crazy. Gene Segura batting seventh. Like That's nuts, right? So you look at lineups like that, and it's easy to go like, okay, that's why that team should win. With the Giants, it's like, it's not that easy to go, oh, yeah, Tyro Estrada hitting a, hitting a game-tying homer. Yeah, that makes sense. No, 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 totally, totally. Which begs the question, something I was wondering about yesterday. This is kind of an overreaction, obviously, early in the season. If the Giants don't win a ton of games this year, maybe they will. But if they don't, do they have a chance to be kind of a boring team? No. I, like I said, I don't think they're ever going to be boring. Because they're, you can never – maybe this – and this is the thing about the 162 games. We could get to June, and this could all change. But based on what we know about the Giants from last year – what we know about Gabe Kapler, how he manages a team, and how Farhan constructs a roster, they're just going to be in games. Yeah. I just think there's a chance if they don't hit, uh, the pitching should be very good to excellent. I could see if they if they don't hit that it'd be a you know, kind of a ponderous watch at times. But a lot of a lot of two one losses. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. And maybe that's obviously not fair to say they played two games, they won 107 last year, but it crossed my mind watching them a little bit yesterday. It, Called up Elliot Ramos, though. That's right. I'm very excited. This is a guy we've been hearing about since, what, 2018-ish? And it's just always been like, man, this guy hits tanks. This guy hits tanks. And then his first first game in AAA this year, mm-hmm. launches one out opposite field up onto the berm in, uh, at Rayleigh Field in mm-hmm. Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Is it still Rayleigh Field? Yeah. So he hits one up there. Hits and it's one like, off the old money store building. It's like... <laughs> It's like, hey, Sacramento, uh, shout out. But it's like, man, this guy's got some pop. And I think they, they're they calling him up in part because they were looking at yesterday and going, this lineup could use a little pop. If Brandon, yeah. if Brandon Belt and Brandon Crawford aren't going to hit 40-plus together, like, right. it needs someone to hit the ball out of the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just great to have baseball back, back, back. Every it's day. So, Every yeah, day, right? That's so the thing. Good. And if you don't like it, it's boring, fine. Do something else, that's fine. But it's just great to have something to watch and talk about it every day. To me, the fact that you now have 12 playoff teams, to a degree it waters down the importance of the 162. There was a time when, you know, get off my lawn. I know. There was a time when you needed to play. Um, uh, Ernesto says it's Sutter Health Park in Sacramento now. So I apologize. Not Rayleigh Field? I don't know. I have to check on Shout that. Shout out to Sutter Health Park. Yeah. I have not you. driven you, past that stadium in a long time. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a time when you had to play 162 to find out who the best teams are. And now when you're letting 12 teams in, you don't really need to do that. Like the Braves last year, case in point, they weren't over 500 till August. So that's, as somebody who's been watching baseball a long time, that makes me a little sad, but that's just the way it is now. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I get, I struggle with the 162 game thing because I want baseball on all the time. I could watch. Mets Phillies and be <laughs> I got Phillies on the mind today. I can watch Mets Pirates or Mets Phillies or pick two teams and I'm watching it. I just it's on. I can and the the pace of the game is so nice and it means summer's coming and it's just like the weather the days are longer and the weather's warming up and it's and it's great. But I I also see the value in like cutting the schedule back. Yeah. Cutting the number of playoff teams back. But on the other hand, I see when you expand the playoff field in baseball, you just need to get hot. And right. It, you could have you could be a seventy win team if you sneak into the playoffs. Hey, you get hot for a month, you that's, find yourself in the World Series. That's my point. To me, that's not necessarily a positive. I guess from a business standpoint, maybe you keep more fans interested. 
but there's something to be said for the lack of um, competitive integrity. So you don't yeah. have to be one of the best teams. You just have to get hot at the right time. And we're leaving opportunities for anybody who gets really hot at the right time. Okay, good for business. It is, and it's good for it's good. Honestly, it's good for exposure of like young stars. There are so many awesome young players in the league today. Elliot Ramos might join this group, but like Vlad Guerrero Jr. is what like 22, 23? and he's like the MVP favorite in the American League. They're asking, hey, can he get sixty jacks this year? Like that's insane. He got Juan Soto. <laughs> Juan Soto, I know, is like in his mid-20s now, but in my brain, he's still like 19. Um, Juan Soto's been good for a long time. Fernando Tatis is junior is an awesome young player. My wrist. Yeah, he's, yeah. he hurt his wrist. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know why you need to take shots at him, but it's fine. I mean, there's, there are so well, many good young players. That was from Undercover players. Brother. You don't know that line? <laughs> Ow, my wrist. I haven't seen that movie in okay. so long. Okay. But, um, yeah, I just – I that – I'm for more playoff baseball. The The intensity of the game is just different. I think it gets people more interested. I know people who are like, yeah, I don't really watch baseball, but playoff baseball, I'm in. Like, if you are if you can ramp up the intensity that way, I get because it. Because they're not going to shorten the season. They're not going to cut it to 100 games and, and up the urgency that way. It's getting to be so, more like hockey. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But I agree with you. Somebody on Twitter was asking me, someone said, you know, I used to follow baseball, and then they had all the labor disputes and blah, 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 and steroids, and I just I don't even follow it anymore. I tried to watch it last year, and it was boring. Is there any reason why I should watch baseball again? That was the answer I gave. Kyle, it's Kyle Madsen, uh, Kevin Michael, Whitey Gleason on 95.7 The Game. I said, if you can get past the stuff about the game that you don't like, there are some great young players playing now that you really would enjoy watching. Yeah, that's a 1,000% the case. I mentioned Juan Soto. Uh, the five one zero texted in and said Juan Soto is still the sixth youngest Ooh, player on an opening right day after roster. You came right up your driveway and onto your front porch. Well, I did say he was a lo- I was, he was a young player. I mean, I don't know why the five one zero had to dunk on me like that. But Juan Soto has been <laughs> in the majors. Right now. Juan Soto played played. <laughs> Juan Soto had five hundred plate appearances in twenty eighteen. He is twenty three this year. That's insane. He's a guy that a lot of people are comparing numbers wise and impact wise to your beloved Ted Williams. Yeah, he's he's unbelievable. He's at uh, his next home run will be his hundredth one, and he's twenty three, and he's twenty three this whole season. He hasn't turned twenty four till October. You know, wasn't it amazing last night watching the Warriors and the Spurs and all the guys that are nineteen? Again, I know we're talking baseball. We got Primo's nineteen, and yeah, Kaminga's nineteen. 19. There was a wow. time when, like, they if you were a freshman, you couldn't play varsity NCAA men's basketball. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, freshman, you can't play. Freshman can't play. Now you got 19-year-olds playing in the NBA. Uh, on the text line here, the Xfinity Mobile text line, 888-957-9570. Uh, 2014 Giants wouldn't, wouldn't have won the whole thing without the playoff formatting being different than 40 years ago. Fair I realize point. that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, text of the day nominee here, Kyle. What do you think of this? Opening day with interleague is like Christmas morning and all your gifts are closed. Huh. Well, I a couple beefs with that. Beefs? Beefs? Beefs. A couple uh, beefs. Beefuses. Beefuses. Beef eye. Yeah. A couple beef with that. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Two reasons to have beef with that. One, what kind of clothes? Like, because there were some clothes when I was a kid where I was like, this is awesome. This is a Bryant Young jersey. Let's go socks. Is- and let's just say, I think that's the spirit of the text. All your gifts are socks. Are they fuzzy socks? 
Are they just regular like tube socks? Athletic, it's like just like, the bag, the plastic bag. Okay. And, oh, I got like eight <laughs> pair of tube socks. Okay, what? No, that's what are the texts are saying. <laughs> just super specific. Yeah. Um, no, okay, so I get, I get the gist. What is I, going on here? I kind of like interleague play. Do you? I like. I, so the A's like playing the Phillies to open the year it was kind of like oh, that's fun. That's a different thing. I don't, I don't mind it. I'm with the texture, but I've gotten over it. Just like, and I know earlier, uh, you and I and Brian were were watching. Uh, we got the Warriors on here from last night, and we were, Brian was saying, you know, there was a time when the uh, the road team never wore white. Uh, wasn't the case last night. Both teams were wearing uh, colored jerseys. But it took me a long time to get over that too. But I'm over it. I understand it. So that's just where we are now with baseball. When you have the number of teams that you have in each league, you're going to have interleague series going on all the time. So I've just given up the ghost on that. I've given up the ghost on uh, the designated hitter, Universal. I, If I had my druthers, I'd go back to the old way, but I'm not going to waste any more energy on it. That's just where we are now. Powers it be, and the consensus is it's good for the game. So there you are. I think my problem is I don't have a lot of hard opinions on baseball. I don't I really just, have a strong opinion I on that one. I don't have a strong opinion. I just, I just, I just like the sport a lot. And so when people are like, oh, interleague, I'm like, oh, sure, it's two teams playing. Like that's that's how I'm viewing this. I'm viewing this through like, hey, that's a team that. Those are two teams that don't play every time, every year. This is fun. This is a cool thing. That's the way I view it. I'm not like, oh, tradition, and this has to be like this, and you have to wear white here, and you have to wear gray here. No, you're right. I don't. I just don't like. That's not. No, you're right. That's not. I have I have hard opinions about how the game should be played. Yeah. But um, uh, I have hard opinions about how the game should be played. But stuff like stuff like that, I just don't. I don't have it in me to be like. I am impacted. My enjoyment of the game is impacted because. This team from the American League and this team from the National League are playing. That's this because, bothers me. It's because you're you're younger, Correct. I think. And for some of us, we grew up with the, you know the American League, National League, All Star Game, oh a rivalry, and it literally was. Right. Now, it's not anymore, and I get it. I'm not saying oh it was better than it doesn't matter. It makes more sense now. Obviously, the Giants and the A's they should play. Uh, you know, during the regular season, that I makes more sense. So we have that now. So I'm just saying I understand the sentiment. But the National League, American League, baseball doesn't really want them separate anymore. They just want them all part of one thing like we have the AFC, the NFC in the NFL. It is. It is. You used to have umpires in the American League would wear, have the outside chest protectors. Yeah, and they had the AL yeah. on their hat yeah, like you were an yeah. American League uh-huh. umpire. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's, that's, that's wild to me. Reading about, like, all-star games in the 50s, because that's the only time people would get to see – you know, Willie Mays and Roberto Clemente and Hank Aaron on the same field together. But now it's like, yeah, you can just hop on MLB.com and there's videos of all those guys right. doing stuff. So, or all all the, not those guys, obviously, but all the, any player you want to see, you can go watch their whole game. It's one of the reasons all-star games don't matter anymore. Yeah. And I, I think that that has blurred the line. Not only, not only interleague play, not only all-star games, but there's, there's, factors that have kind of blurred that ALNL line. And I think that's just why I mean I've grown up with interleague play. It's it's been around since as long as I can remember. So Yeah. At some point here today it's Kyle Madsen, Whitey Gleason with you till one. We're gonna have to go into uh opening weekend ins and outs, Major League Baseball. What are you in on? What are you out on already? But coming up next, hmm, are you sure you want the Warriors to be in the Memphis side of the bracket after what the Grizz did last night to the Pelicans?
That's next. Whitey and Kyle, 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And Wiggins the other way for Golden State. Into the corner, he slides it to Bialica. Back out to Wiggins, now Iga... Dalla, good ball movement into the corner for Kaminga for three. And Kaminga yet to miss a shot tonight. Now back to 95-7, the game. Thanks for being with us. It's uh, Whitey Gleason and Kyle Madsen uh, today with you till 1 o'clock on 95-7, the game. Basking in the afterglow of a Warrior win. Just enjoying the fact that we have baseball Baseball, for all its imperfections, just a wonderful daily companion. Before we slide back to the dubs, got some interesting thoughts here on our discussion from our first segment here on baseball on the Xfinity Mobile text line, 888-957-9570. That's 888-957-9570. Also, give us a call at that number if you want to participate in the program. David. Kyle David says, for people who stopped watching baseball, never really loved baseball to begin with. Sure. Maybe so. I could I could see if somebody was like super into it and then at some point, you know, somebody who was uh old enough in ninety four when the strike happened being like I'm out. Like I will passively watch, but I could see that. Yeah. I was uh at the first game the Giants had at home after that that ninety four strike that because they played the Marlins. That's why I mentioned it. Of course, they opened against the Marlins mm. on Friday. So it was a Friday they had opened in Atlanta, played two games in Atlanta, came home, and it was the opener, nineteen ninety five after remember nineteen ninety four to your point. We had no World Series. They just didn't play the World Series. Mm-hmm. I think there were like twenty six thousand fans there that day. Gosh. And it was a reluctant kind of like sitting there with our arms folded, like, all right, I'll guess I'll give you another chance. That's that's always funny during the lockout. Is I'm sitting here like baseball, and I'm like I'm gonna be there. Yeah, like I'll I'll watch. Yeah, like I'm not gonna give up on the <laughs> on the sport. Yeah, and then Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, a couple years later, save baseball. 
We all know what that was about. So you could understand why some people get a little disillusioned. But uh, thank you, David. From the 510, if they cut games, they will generate less revenue, but players will still push for higher salaries. Fans will pay the price. MLB already losing more teams in the playoffs doesn't water down 162. It adds urgency, kind of like the NBA plan not having the last month of the season be a drag. Yeah, I, from the 707, seat of all knowledge and wisdom. Mm. Shortening the season in baseball, I don't think it's really on the table, so we don't need to yeah. you know, really spend a lot of time on that. I wouldn't mind them shortening it, but right now I don't think that's on their radar. Yeah, I don't. I, there's no chance. Like, no, zero, zero chance that, that that's going to happen. It is interesting that the commissioner of the NBA, I think we'll circle back to that at some point today, he last week was talking about, you know, maybe we need to look at a shorter season because he's upset and worried about the fact that you have so many NBA games now in which stars just don't play. And sure, yeah. injuries are one thing, but, you know, load management, it's still an issue for the NBA. I think it's understandable. Um, because of the rigors of the 82-game schedule. But the commissioner came out and said, yeah, we we aren't happy that we have so many players not playing a full complement of games. So in the NBA, they are maybe looking at shortening the season. That that would be – I would need to – like whatever the NBA does, like let's say they do that, is going to set the blueprint for any other league that wants to cut games because the NBA – like like the 510 pointed out, if they cut games, they're losing revenue. So how do they make up for that? Because these leagues aren't in the business and these these team owners aren't in the business of losing money. Right. So how do they make up for that? What what concession is there? Um I I I don't know. I don't know what that would look like, but whatever the NBA does, I guarantee the conversation is going to turn to, well, hey, how does the NHL replicate this? How does MLB replicate this? Because that's that's going to be the blueprint moving forward. I think it's a great point. My guess is that uh, the NBA isn't really interested in doing that, but as a way of trying to draw the players into the conversation, as a way of saying, look, we ha- we have this problem. You have it. We have it. So let's discuss it. I mean, you know, if you guys want to talk about shortening the season, maybe we talk about that. When, to your point, like, we're, we're not really going to do that. But if that's what it takes, we have to broach that to get you to talk about it. Uh, we will do that. So, um, yeah, we've seen too many NBA games uh, without superstars. I-, I think it's amazing that Looney this year is one of, what, five players who so far has played in every game? Uh, only five. I-, I have to go back and check. That's crazy. But I believe there was a time when that wasn't that big a thing where we had to say, oh, my goodness, these yeah. five have played in every game this year. Yeah, I didn't I – didn't, <laughs> I didn't think that that would ever become a thing that was like a like a feat. Uh huh. But yeah, it's uh, Denny Avdija from Washington. Powell in Dallas, right? Dwight Powell from well, Dallas. I think it's actually started every game. Uh, no, he's played uh, start played eighty one, started seventy. Okay. Uh, Mikael Bridges in Phoenix has played and started all eighty one. My guy Sadiq Bay has played and started all eighty one. And then Kevon Looney has started 79, but played 81. The fascinating thing here is Dwight Powell is 30. Kevon Looney is 25, Bridges 25, Bay 22, Avdija 21. Like every everybody in that list is 25 and younger. Mm-hmm. Patty Mills is 33. He's played 80 games for Brooklyn. I think worse for the NBA is playoff games where guys can't play because they're hurt. And if guys mm-hmm. sitting out regular season games makes it more likely they're going to play in the playoffs. I think that we may the solution may just be you know what, that's the way it's going to be. That's I know a problem. Fans don't like to hear it, and especially uh, fans from a certain era, 
You know, I just heard Stephen A. this morning, I think, on Sirius talking about it. It's terrible, and these players need to. They're getting – they have contracts, and they need to play the games. That's what they're paid to do. It's like, well – More Scott Farrell than Stephen A. I know. I didn't – I wasn't really <laughs> trying to do Stephen A. You're right. I wasn't really uh, attempting to pull it up. But I did – okay. I don't think that would wow. work if I shut up, Steiny. Wow. Yeah. I don't think that's really going to fly today. So I just think uh, this is an unpopular view, but I kind of get it why players are sitting out because I don't want them hobbling into the playoffs, and we're seeing that anyway this year. Well, and that's that's what it, the the focus has become so playoff heavy. It's like you're either gearing up for the playoffs now or you're tanking. There's no there's no middle ground, and so it's either your season starts in April or your season starts in two years. Right. Yeah. You know, that's that. So. I think that's why Adam Adam Silver badly wants this mid-season tournament or something that incentivizes like, hey, regular season games matter. Uh, they mean something. I'm out. I mean, we we talked about it. We talked about it all the time during during the Warriors run to to the finals. It was like, yeah, hey, they lost this game. Like, who cares? Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like, oh, Steph Curry's gonna be out a week. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Get it? Get it? Just get ready for the playoffs. And I think that's how. If you're a team in contention, especially in the West this year, like which which team in the West is looking at their chances and going like, if you're Minnesota or the Clippers, like that's going to be a great game, by the way. That play really game. good. Yeah, but if you're one of those two teams, you're kind of looking and going, yeah, you know, we have a puncher's chance in round one. They stink. So if you're any playoff team, that's what you're gearing up for, and those are playing teams. So I I, I don't I don't. Um, I don't have a, I have a problem with it because I want to see Steph Curry. Like I selfishly want to see Steph Curry play 82 games. We have a finite amount of time left with Stephen Curry. Right. I want to see him on the court. Aren't you worried about the kids who go to the games on their birthday and their best, their favorite player isn't there. Isn't that really what this is about? Isn't that really the tragedy that we're all trying to avoid here? <laughs> yeah, the tragedy. No, um, but I get I get why these guys sit out because, okay, maybe that kid who went to the game for their birthday to see Steph, Steph doesn't play. That stinks. I feel for that kid. But you know what would stink more? If Steph Curry played that game because that kid was in the building and turned his ankle, oh, and now he's out for the first round. Right. That's worse. That's worse. I'm sorry. Shout out to the kid whose birthday it is. But th- that's that's worse. Right. <laughs> it's still your birthday. You should find a way to enjoy it anyway. Uh, you know, it's a learning opportunity, a teaching opportunity but uh, also, for the parents. I can I root for the team. Don't root for a player. That's the that's the the bigger issue than like oh geez. we've gotten to. I'm a LeBron fan. I'm a Steph Curry fan. I'm a I'm a Kyrie Irving fan. See, like it's that's it's, a great point. It's player based. It's like I'm going to the game to see this player. Like, no, I'm going to the Warriors game. When Silver took over from the great David Stern, one of the things that Commissioner Silver said was, "You know what? We're gonna we're gonna showcase teams more than individuals." Well, they haven't done that because that uh, people don't care as much. But I think it's a great point you raise. You also mentioned the in season tournament. It's not going to work. And I had to no. remind myself, the idea isn't, at first I thought, why are you going to add games? How is that going to make them more meaningful? But remember the commissioner's master plan here, Kyle, is that, no, 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 no. You have, say, a Tuesday in November, Orlando's playing Washington. Well, not only is that game 11 or whatever, the regular season, it's also a tournament game. 
Cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I now maybe in November, maybe a better example would be February, where players are more likely to, uh, uh, you know, sit it out. Well, no, you don't want to sit it out because this is this is your opening game in the Freedmen's Cup tournament, in addition to being your regular season game. So I have a friend who played collegiately, had a cup of coffee in the NBA, and now plays overseas. Okay, Kyle has. Let's see. Yep, Kyle has a, a podcast. Yep. Football. I Kyle, played catcher in, Kyle in high school. Kyle played travel ball, and Kyle has a friend who used to play overseas. Okay. Well, he does play overseas. Right. That does down. play. He used to play in the NBA. Used to play right. in, in the, the NBA. NBA. Yes. What team? Thank you. Uh, Kings, Suns, and Jazz. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Now plays overseas. Must be like a really. Thank you. Not a great country. If you don't even say the country, you just say overseas. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to throw. I mean, I already kind of am throwing the guy under the bus. Yeah, a little and we're bit, gonna figure it out. That's yeah, not that hard to figure out. Right? No, yeah. you could. It's a very easy search. But if I tell you the country he plays in, it's mega easy. But anyways, uh, he plays overseas. If and you texted him I, right now, would he say, "Hey, Kyle, would he come on the show?" Not that we want him, but oh, he might. Really? I'm trying to let me see. Do some math. Hey. Yeah. Hey. I'll text him at the break. I'll see. <laughs> um, but he, uh, if he's awake, he would probably be down. But anyways. Um, he they do a midseason tournament in the league he plays in, and I said, "Does this like do, do guys get fired up for this?" And he was like, "No." Oh really? Yeah. He's like, "It doesn't. It's just more game. It's just different games." And I said, "What about in the NBA? Would guys go for that?" And he's like, "No." He's like, "Unless you're there's a ten million dollar pot at the end of it or something, but guys aren't just gonna like, hey, midseason trophy. This means something now." Right. That's Which it. Is not that's. It's like the commissioner to, said. You, when he talked about this, Kyle, pardon me, but he said, I don't have a great solution. The solution is going to come down one way or the other, if there is one, to the money. It's either going to be, we are going to offer you enough of an increase to make it worth your playing in these games, or we're going to withhold your money if you don't play in them. And I don't think either one really is feasible. But it, we're going to withhold your money is not yeah. incentivizing playing. It's like, cool, I'll go out there, but I'm going to jog. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to run the offense. I'm going to chuck shots. I'm not going to try on defense. Like there there needs to be a real incentive to pl- like hey, we're going to have this mid-season tournament and you lock in a playoff spot if you win the tournament or something like that. Um and that in a team like Detroit who's not good, but hey. You just said you, know, you love Sadiq Bay, and now you're 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 dogging Detroit. Yeah, it's Sadiq Bay. You can't have it both it's ways. Sadiq Bay and Cade Cunningham are going are gonna to bring them back to greatness. But Detroit has not played well this year. But they get into a midseason tournament, and it's like, hey, you go win this thing, you win 20 games, but you're in the playoffs. Killian Hayes is the MVP of the Freedman's Cup tournament. I can <laughs> see it now. So I, that that's what it would take. And I just don't that that I don't foresee that happening. I don't think either either way is feasible. No. Yeah. yeah. It's not. As far as the playoffs, which start next week, we will know soon enough whether the Warriors start on Saturday or Sunday next week. We don't know yet. Of course, they've got the uh, Pelicans tonight, and so the Warriors to end up third, they have to either win or Dallas has to lose to the Spurs tonight. By the way, Luca. Uh, got a 16th tee on Friday, so that rendered him ineligible to play today, but they appealed it, and they won the appeal, so he is playing today. That's annoying. <laughs> that is super annoying. The league said, yeah, you're right. You shouldn't have gotten uh, teed up by Tony Brothers, the so guy, you only have 15. You may play the last game of the season. The guy that complains on the court more than any player in the league complained off the court. 
and got one. His tech rescinded. And one. What example is this setting for our children? Did that you, you see can the, just? <laughs> did you see the video of him, by the way, uh, where he was talking to uh, one of the female officials? Did we talk yeah, about? Yeah, we that? talked about this. Okay, last yeah, time. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you see the foul when I fell in love with you? Yeah, you should have been tough. Suspended for tough that. Scene. Yeah. Um, so for the Warriors, the Warriors need to win. Um, to get the three seed. The Pelicans have nothing more to gain today, right. so maybe they don't put their best foot forward. They played a million guys last night. They got destroyed by the Grizzlies. Grizzlies brought Jaw back, and they had a 55-point quarter. So I don't know. You could argue maybe the Pelicans want – you know, you don't want to end the season on that sour note, but the Pelicans really have nothing to play for against the Warriors tonight, and Clay should be playing tonight. I thought it was interesting that Clay sat the front end of the back-to-back. The Warriors, I think, are gunning for the three seed. Now, the, I interesting, agree. the interesting thing here is Utah and Denver, like we've talked about it, De- Utah is the preferable matchup there. But right now, as it sits, Utah's the five, Denver's the six. So Golden State would get Denver in round one. And Utah plays the um, Blazers today. And That's how they wrap up. So they're Utah almost plays, locked in. plays yeah. the Blazers and Denver plays the Lakers. So unless Utah forgets to show up, it looks like they're going to be locked into the five. Unless... Unless right. they forget to show up. Right, right. They are kind of coming apart at the seams, but I, I like their chances against a Portland team that just doesn't really – do we have to play? Has has there ever been a team that's tanked as hard as Portland has here in the second half? They lost – their most recent loss to the Mavericks was by 50. Yeah. The it's a good question. The night before that, they lost because by the first 33. Half, they were kind of semi-trying in the first half. And then yeah. it was like once the uh, All-Star game was over. Remember the Warriors opened the second part yeah. of the season against them and just Beat them by 30. Them. Yeah, yeah. Quitting gets a bad name. 50, 30, these are their margins of loss. 50, margins of defeat. 50, 33, 4 against Oklahoma City, who's also trash. Uh, 21, 19, they kept that one close. 10 against the Pelicans. Uh, three against the Thunder again. 17 to the Rockets. 19 to the Rockets. 37 to the Spurs. Like, they aren't just losing. Right. They're getting crushed mm-hmm. night in and night out. And loving it. And just having a great time, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. They beat, The Pacers beat them by 30. So it looks like the Warriors, if they win and or the Mavericks lose to the Spurs, the Warriors are the three seed. I agree with you. The way they split up the off nights, the load management, looks to me like they would prefer the three seed. They're not like dead center. They're not heartbroken if they're fourth, but they want to be third, which would put them in the Memphis bracket. See, I'd much rather play Utah in the first round, but if you're third, you don't get Utah in the first round, but you are in the Memphis side of the bracket. Are you sure that's a good thing, given the way the Grizzlies are going? I mentioned Jaw was back last night. He's had a knee issue, but he came back. He played well. He had 21 points. Uh, in, uh, let's see, 27 minutes, and they scored 55 in one quarter. That's a really good team, Kyle. Are you sure you want the Grizzlies? Are you sure you want the three-seed and the Grizzlies? Got to play them eventually. But are the Grizzlies, like, if if the Clippers if the Clippers beat Minnesota, the Grizzlies get L.A. in round one. The Clippers are playing better. They got Paul George back. That's not going to be like a walkover series for Memphis, I don't think. A Ty oh, Lue yeah. is a good coach. The Clippers are... Paul George is back. X-Factor. Playoff X-Factor. They're talented enough to give Memphis some trouble. I'm fascinated to see how that series goes. Because, yeah, you don't want to see Memphis, but 
maybe Memphis slips up in round one thinking they can throw their jerseys on the court and and win their win their series and all of a sudden they find themselves in a game seven. Yeah. I, I would rather be in the Memphis side of the bracket. The Suns are just they're a great team. And I don't know, maybe you know, they have to win a championship to be a great team. To me, that's a great team. They are. They're deep. They're long. As I've said before, the Warriors have strength in numbers. The the Suns have length in numbers. They're amazing. So if I'm going to play them, I would rather not play them until the conference finals, especially because we know with Steph coming back and Andre Iguodala's talked about this, the Warriors are going to kind of be trying to ramp things up during the playoffs. Yeah. And they, that's, <laughs> this is usually the time of year where you're figuring out your rotations. Can the Clay, Steph, and Jordan Poole lineup really work? And is Wiggins and and Draymond and Clay enough defensively to kind of help out Poole and Steph? You would be figuring that out right now. But instead, like, there's a lot of this. This is going to come down to Steve Kerr. Like, the Warriors have to make shots. It's a make or miss league, as we talk about. But write that down, too. Make or miss. Does your friend who plays overseas uh, agree with that? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. He does. I ran that by him. He's like, that's a great call. We should start saying that. So, <laughs> but I think a lot of this is going to come down to Steve Kerr. And we know he can make adjustments. We've seen him make the hard moves before, you know, putting Andre Godal on the bench, but then starting him in that 2015 series uh, really turned that series around. He he can make those calls. He can make those adjustments. But there's a lot of things, little things to figure out based on matchups, based on who's playing well. And no series is going to be easy. Like there, there's there's going to be no walkover series for for Golden State. So Steve Kerr is going to have to do a heck of a job too. Steve Kerr has done an amazing job this year handling a number of difficult situations. I mean, you look across the board, and here they are on the verge of finishing with the third seed. And we know what they are: injuries primarily. Uh, Jordan Poole, right? He had problems adjusting to his new role. Wiggins was an All Star, then he went into a shooting slump. Uh, Clay coming back, playing poorly. A number of things that he's had to handle, and I think for the most part, he's done a really good job, he being Steve Kerr. Also working Kuminga, Moody into um, the rotations here and developing them while you're trying to win games. I think he's done a, a really remarkable job. I really do. However, this is not on Steve Kerr, but there's something about the last two games, Kyle, that bugs me. And I think it's great that they've got a little momentum going into the postseason here. Mm-hmm. Steph's coming back. But that Laker team is like, who are those guys? And it took the Warriors three quarters before they finally realized they can't play with us, and then they were on their way. Mm-hmm. Last night, that was the Spurs version of that Laker squad we saw on Thursday. The Spurs were without what, four or five guys last night? And the Spurs aren't that good to begin with. And the Warriors, I mean, that game was up for grabs with like less than a minute to go. So they get the win. That's great. But there's something a little, made me a little uncomfortable about those last two wins. Part of of the reason last night was Jordan Poole was abysmal. And not not to, let let me back that up, three, two, and one. Jordan Poole shot the ball terribly. For the first time in some, some would the, say he was abysmal. For the first, I, I, a little strong of a word, but I could see where you're going with that. He, he shot the ball poorly, for the first time in two months. So he goes three of nineteen from the field. He's one of eleven from three. Like he's the guy that they're going to lean on when Clay is out and Steph is out, and so he's their best offensive player right now. And he just didn't hit shots last night. He went 11-11 from the free throw line. That's huge. I guess it's a make or miss league on some level, huh? I would say that. I could, I, I, I would definitely <laughs> say that. But 
the the encouraging thing with Jordan Poole is because if he goes if he goes eight of nineteen, they win that game comfortably. So I'm not super concerned there, and that's a that's a a lot of young guys for the Spurs, we know they're going to be well coached with Greg Popovich. So I'm not super concerned about it. But the thing that jumped out to me was Poole last night being able to get to the free throw line 11 times. Not shooting it well, figured out a way to fill it up. He is one of the all-time, seriously, one of the greatest free throw shooters I've ever seen. Really. He is a great, great free throw shooter. He is. Uber, uber elite. Yes. He is tied with Steph right now for, I think, the league lead in free throw percentage. And that's something that that's something that the Warriors over the years, I mean, have never been great at. Is like, man, shots aren't falling. Get to the line. They just don't really have anybody that does that. And you could argue, I know Steph. There's sometimes he kind of gets crushed and doesn't get calls. But I think that's more of the issue is they just don't do a lot of driving and getting into contact and, and forcing contact. Jordan Poole did a great job of that last night. Mm-hmm. I think I figured out what it was that bothered me about the game last night. I'll tell you what it was next. Also, oh, wow. Yeah. Also, we'll talk about how that bad shooting night brought into focus, how much Jordan Poole has improved. That's next. By the way, uh, you can uh, participate on the Xfinity mobile text line or give us a call at 888-957-9570. Kyle Madsen, Whitey Gleason, 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 